Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Bethel Assembly, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and a blessing to your life. If you want more information about Bethel Assembly, please go to our website, BethelAssembly.info. Thanks again. But this morning, I want to move into misquotes number seven. The seventh thing that we discovered that oftentimes we say or we make mention of, and we think, well, certainly this sounds like something Jesus would say. So misquote number seven is this. When I close one door, I will always open another. Did Jesus actually say that? No. We love this misquote, though. Because it gives us so much comfort when situational doors get slammed right in our face. Anybody ever experience a door, I'm not talking about a physical door, but in life, situations and circumstances, when those doors get slammed in your face, anybody ever experience that? Isn't it really comforting when someone walks up to you, suddenly you've just lost your job, you've just... Um, your bank account is, is rock bottom empty or this situation is closed or whatever and you suddenly experience that door slamming in your face and a well-meaning, well-intended person walks up to you and they say, oh brother, it's okay because when God closes one door, he always opens another. But not once in the Bible have I found where the Bible says that. Can I be honest with you? There are times in life when a door closes and we're simply called to, to hang out in the hallway for a while. I'm going to talk about one of those situations in just a few moments. But you see, it's in those times of the hallway experience, the door has closed and nothing else has opened around you, that I believe that we learn the most from God. Because it's in those times, in those moments, that we are wholly and completely dependent upon Him. Because without Him, we have no clue where to turn or what to do. The Bible certainly doesn't say when God closes one door, He'll open another. But somebody once said this, not only is it not in the Bible, but it's also presumptuous. He says this statement, when God closes one door, he'll always open another, is not only not in the Bible, but it's presumptuous. It's assuming, it's even presuming that God is always going to respond in the same way. Oh, a door closed. God's going to open another. That's what he always does. That's how he always works. That's what he always does in our lives. That's what we experience. That's not always the case. But here's what the Bible does say. Psalm chapter 37, our text for this morning, says this, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Aren't you glad that God delights in every detail of your life? Our misquotes origin has yet to be found. Many have come up with who they think might have started this misquote. Um, some say it was Oscar Hammerstein in the musical, The Mu uh, Sound of Music. Some say it was Alexander Graham Bell that once made this statement. Others say it was a variation of something that Helen Keller once stated, and we're going to talk about that 
in just a few moments. But whoever it was, it certainly was not Jesus, and it's not found in the Bible. So what do we do with this statement? As comforting as it is, what do we do with such a statement as this that, that seems like it's something good, but really it's not what Jesus had to say? That's what I want to talk about for the next few moments this morning. What can we learn about this statement, and how do we respond to it. So three responses to the closed doors in our lives. When you have doors that slam shut in front of you, what are three responses that we can take as believers, as followers of Christ? Number one is this, make sure it was God that closed the door. Sometimes we say, well, God just closed that door. Did he? Was that really God? You see, sometimes it's just a door that closed. We were sitting in the lobby the other day, and no one else was in the, in the worship center or in the church at all. We were sitting in the lobby eating lunch, and someone opened the exterior door out there. But strangely enough, the wind pressure in the room caused this door to start swinging. I was like... Exactly. <laughs> that was great timing. Whoever that was, tell them thank you for me. Because we could not have timed that any better. But suddenly we're sitting there and, and this door begins to swing. Guess what? It wasn't God. God wasn't hanging out in here and he smelt our leftovers warmed up in the kitchen. And he wasn't like, oh, I got to go have some of that. No, it was just a door beginning to swing. And sometimes that's what happens in our lives. It's just a door that begins to swing. Or sometimes it's, it's human error. We make a mistake or we do something and suddenly the door closes in front of us. It could even be the enemy trying to take us off course. However, when you're truly listening to the voice of God... The Bible is very clear that He will direct your steps. Why? Because He delights in every detail of your life. How many of you are detail people? Yeah, we get about, about half of you are detail people. Think about this. God is even more of a detail person than you. And He looks at your details. He looks at your life. He looks at what you experience. He says, I love them. I'm concerned about them. I want to be a part of that. I want them to experience this. I want them to go through there. I want this to happen. I want that to go take place. Why? Because he is concerned. He delights in every detail of our lives. It's vital that we follow his plan. It's vital that we follow what he has in store. Again, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. The word directs here literally means that he orders our steps. He secures our steps, or get this, He establishes our steps. He speaks them into existence. You see, without God, we'd just be walking aimlessly around. But God says, I've got a plan, and I've got a purpose for you. This is step number one. When step number one is completed, now here's step number two. He establishes your steps. But I love this, but he also gives us protection amongst that. He secures our steps when we stumble, when we trip, when we make a wrong turn. He is right there, kind of like Siri, except a lot better. 
See, for Siri, if I make a wrong turn, she says, recalculating. Actually, mine has an Australian accent. Recalc- I can't even say that. Say recalculating with Australian accent. Recalculating. Okay, it sounded pretty much like how, how I said it. You're from Australia. You're supposed to have this. God recalculates your steps. When we make a wrong turn, he recalculates to get us back to where we need to go. Why? Because he's concerned about every detail of our lives. He's there to pick us up. He's there to lead us where we need to go. In fact, Proverbs chapter 3, a well-known section of Scripture says, Trust in the Lord with all your hearts. Now, if I was to ask you this morning, do you trust God? I would venture to say that the majority of you in the room would say, absolutely, pastor, I trust God. But what happens when life begins to press you? You see, it's when we're pressed that we find out what's really on the inside. If I was to take an orange this morning and I was to squeeze that orange, guess what's going to come out of that orange? Orange juice. You guys are quick today. Why? Because orange juice is inside of an orange. I'm not going to squeeze an orange and suddenly a T-bone come out. How glorious would that be? I'm going to try that next time. Just squeeze an orange, see if a T-bone comes. No, no, no. What comes out of an orange is orange juice because that's what's inside the orange. What happens in your life when you begin to get pressed, when you're pressed on all sides, what comes out? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek His will. Oh, come on. There's a game changer. Because how many of us want to seek our will? God, let my will be done on earth. But that's not what it says. Lord, let your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Lord, let this happen as you desire, not my plans, not the door that I want open. See, there are times in life that the door that opens isn't the one that we would have chosen. But yet God says, I have a plan. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do and he will show you which path to take how does he know which path for you to take he's the one that created the path that's how he knows again this does not mean that you will not face difficulty as you are trusting god as you're depending upon god no sometimes there are going to be potholes Sometimes there are going to be hurdles as you go from point A to point B. But through it all, God will guide you as you are willing to listen to Him and trust Him completely. Let me say that again. Through it all, God will guide you as you are willing to listen to Him and trust Him completely. You see, God has a plan, a specific plan for you, a plan that He has ordained, a plan that He has created, a plan that He has secured, and He desires for you to follow. The problem is, sometimes we trust more in self than we do in God. 
Well, well, I, I've been down this road before, so I, I think, I think, I, I really believe this is what I need to do. Have you heard from the voice of God? Are you listening to Him? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, with all that is in you, even when you're pressed on every side. Paul says, I'm pressed, but I'm not crushed. Why? Because he was wholly, completely dependent upon God. We can't haphazardly listen. We can't haphazardly try to trust. We had to completely trust with all that is in us. Not depending on our limited understanding, but fully seeking Him. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, right? And all these things will be added to you. The proper door will be opened. Let Him guide your steps. I want to share a section of Scripture to you. Uh, This is found in Acts chapter 16. Paul and a gentleman by the name of Saul are on what they call the second missionary journey. They're, They're spreading the Word of God. They're speaking the truth about Jesus, what He has done um, for the people. And here we have this. It says in Acts chapter 16, verse 6, it says, Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia, Because the Holy Spirit had prevented, come on, what is that? A closed door, right? They they were traveling along, they were spreading the good news of Jesus, they were preaching about the changing, saving grace, the life-transforming, saving grace of Jesus Christ, and suddenly there's a closed door in front of them. The Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia that time. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north to the province of Athenia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. Closed door number two. Now look at that, closed door number one. Was there an open door right after that? No, what was there? Another closed door. Have you experienced that before? One closed door after another. So what did they do? Did they go home and sulk? Oh, God, I'm trying to do something good for you. God, I'm trying to tell people about you, but you won't let me. Isn't that what we do? We whine and we pout and we gripe. God, why aren't you opening the door? Why are, you, why are you making me hang out in the hallway? Let's go on. So instead, they went on through Misham to the seaport of Tros. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. God called Paul to take the gospel to the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? Anyone that's not a Jew. I would venture to say across this room, us. We are the Gentiles. And what did Paul do? 
Paul obeyed the voice of God. And as he traveled, he decided to go northwest into Asia Minor. But the Holy Spirit said, no. The door closed. God shut the door. Then he traveled on and tried to go north to Bithynia, toward Russia. And once again, God shut the door. Listening for the direction and the leading of God is vital in our lives. Paul kept moving, but listening to the voice of God. Be careful not to prematurely close doors. Be careful not to even force a door open that's supposed to remain closed. Paul said, you know what? He, he could have said, you know what? I really want to go here. I really want to go there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press this a little bit more. But what did God say? No. See, the second response is this. When a door closes, don't let it defeat you. When God said no to Paul, it was because he was going to say yes to something else. Sometimes our disappointments in life can become God's appointments. Sometimes our disappointments in life can become God's appointments. So don't let closed doors tear you down. The things we think that are failures in our life, the things that we think are problems in our life can oftentimes end up being a blessing in disguise. I told you a moment ago that some accredit Helen Keller for originally saying when God closes one door, he opens another. Here's actually what she said. When one door of happiness closes, and by the way, listening very carefully to this quote, there's a lot of truth here. When one door of happiness closes, another opens. But often we look so long at the closed door that we do not see the one which has been opened for us. Often we look so long at the closed door that we do not see the one which has been opened for us. How true is that? We spend so much time sulking over the closed door that we miss the opportunity that is right around the corner. Are any of you guilty of that? If a door closes in your life, if you don't get that one job that you were expecting to get, that you were hoping to get, do you focus so much on that that you lose sight of the opportunity that's right around the corner? Or maybe you're really wanting to buy that brand new car. You've got your eye on it and somebody else buys it before you can get there. Do you so sulk over that moment and the loss of that car that you miss the better deal or the better car for you? See, some, someone once said this, closed doors are opportunities to move forward in our lives. I would venture to say if we stay in the same room forever we're never really going to grow i've been told that that turtles that put an aquarium same thing with fish they will only grow to the limit of what that aquarium will hold some of us were so comfortable in our aquarium and god says i, I want to grow you I want to increase you. 
I want to give you more territory. I want to give you more ability, but I've got to get you out of this aquarium. And we're sitting in there so comfortable where we are, and we're like, I'm okay right now. I'm fine where I am. A closed door in life is oftentimes an opportunity for us to grow. John chapter 14 says this, don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. This is Jesus speaking. When those doors in life close, when that situation is slammed in front of you and you can't seem to get past it, don't let your heart be troubled. Trust God. Why? Because He ordains your steps. He establishes your steps. He has your best interest in mind. He has a plan and a purpose for you. Why? Because He's concerned about every detail of your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 says, Be on guard. Stand firm in your faith. Be courageous. Be strong. When you're pressed on all sides, are you completely trusting God? See, sometimes doors close in life. The easy response is to sulk over the closed door and miss what God has in front of you. After all, guess what? If a door closes, guess what? It's closed. Paul remained open to the opportunities. And when the Spirit spoke to Paul about Macedonia, he didn't hesitate, but he began to press forward with God, trusting in God's providence, and he moved through the new open door a door that he had not yet considered. What did it say? He was traveling this way and that door closed. He was traveling that way and the door closed. It doesn't say he was traveling toward Macedonia. What was he doing? He was sleeping. He had a vision from God. And God began to speak into his life and Paul said, God, if that's what you want, God, if that's what you have in store, Lord, I I'm willing to trust in you. I ask you today, are you willing to look beyond door number one? Are you willing to look beyond the door that is closed in front of you? Are you trusting God for that next step? Because here's our third response. Begin to look for the open door. Begin to look for the open door. If you find yourself at a closed door, don't give up. Don't complain. You see, many of us, when we run into difficulty, when we find a closed door in our lives, we will either instantly give up or we get super spiritual and we say things like this, okay, God, I'm not going to move a single inch until you show me which way to go. Oftentimes, that's the exact opposite of what we should do. See, I believe that God is a God of action. God is a God of forward motion. Pastor Don Miller, our district superintendent of the Southern Missouri District of the Assemblies of God, once said this, if you, want, if you wait for the opportunity before preparing, you will miss the opportunity. If you wait for the opportunity before preparing, you will miss the opportunity. 
several years ago. It was April 2011. We were on staff at a church in St. Charles, and things were going well. We had been there for several years, 10 plus years, nine plus years, I guess, at that point, and things were going well. We were on a staff retreat, and we were off on our own praying and seeking God, and God, what do you have? And in the midst of all of this, unexpectedly, God said this to me, change. I thought, what does change mean? God, what do you have in store? Little did I know, but in that moment, God was closing the door for us in our time in St. Charles. This was not our plan. Our plan was retirement in St. Charles. We had planned to stay there the duration of our ministry. There had already been plans of action. There had already, be, already been a plan laid out. We knew what was going to happen. We knew where things were going. But God began to speak change. We had an opportunity in that moment. Do we sit idly by and sit still and wait? I'm not going to do anything, God, until you tell me what to do. Or do we begin to press forward? What do we do? We begin to press forward. But this was the most difficult time of our life for the next year and a half. It was a dry, dry season. It seemed like not a single door was opening. Every time we knocked on a door, that door would slam shut. There was even a moment, there was even a church, we thought this was the one. We had gone to this church, we had talked with the leadership, and we had processed through with them, and everything seemed perfect. We had connected, our kids had connected, everything was right on task, and we're like, this is where we're headed, this is the place we're going. Guess what? That door closed. We kept waiting in that hallway, God, what do we do? We kept knocking on doors, we kept pressing forward. I'm happy to say that in September 2012, God opened the door here. God led us here. But what I discovered in that time is if I would have waited for the door to open, I would have missed the door. But I had to keep knocking. I had to keep pressing forward. It was Mark Batterson, author and pastor, that once said this, if you wait to see God move, if you want to see God move, begin to move. If you want to see God do something in your life, begin to move. One article that I read stated this, the primary reason most of us don't see God moving in our lives is simply because we aren't moving. Grab a hold of that. If you're not experiencing God's movement in your life, make sure that you look down and find out if your feet are moving. So oftentimes we miss the voice of God, we miss the movement of God because we fail to have forward motion. We want God's provision. We want some sort of miraculous sign. So we sit behind a closed door, sulking over what once, what once was, and we miss what God is doing right around the corner. Nehemiah in Nehemiah chapter 2 he had a choice to make would he wait for a miraculous sign or would he begin to knock on the doors Nehemiah chapter 2 tells us that he didn't wait 
He had courage to put his job, even his own life, on the line. He approached the king. He petitioned the king. And when he did, God confirmed the passion in Nehemiah's heart with the sign that followed. Do you see the process here? Nehemiah pressed forward, and then the result. The king didn't just give Nehemiah a nice written uh, written reference letter. The king basically gave him a credit card with no limits. I've learned that most of the time, faith doesn't follow signs, but signs follow faith. Let me say that again. Most of the time, faith doesn't follow signs, but signs follow faith. How often do we find ourselves sitting back doing nothing, waiting for a door to magically open? Now don't get me wrong, God can do that. God can do all things. But more times than not, He wants us to begin to move forward with actions. In other words, begin to do something with what God has already given you. Begin to move forward in action with what you have. That may be godly counsel, that may be prayer, that may be processing details, it may be knocking on the doors, whatever it is, but when the rubber meets the road, it's time for action. Gideon, who called himself the weakest link in his family, I believe it's the message paraphrase that says he calls himself the runt of the litter. He would have never seen God do the miraculous if he had not acted upon what God had directed. Noah would have never survived the flood if he hadn't acted on what God had given him. The question is, are you willing to take action to discover the open door even when the door around you seems closed? Are you willing to trust God even in those moments when it seems like everything around you is closed? Between April of 2011 and September 2012, a year and a half of closed doors. If you're not careful, it can get very discouraging. If you lose your focus, it can ultimately destroy you. But in all things, in everything, in every situation, in every moment, the Bible instructs us, trust God. Lean upon Him. Depend upon Him. Why? Because He's the one that ordains your steps. He's the one that sets your life in motion. He's the one that opens up the proper door. This must have been a confusing time for Paul. Paul is trying to to push forward with his second missionary journey. He sets out with intention and purpose. And one by one, the doors keep closing in front of him. So what did Paul do? Paul kept moving forward. When he came to Tros, God opened the door for him to go to Macedonia. He had a vision of a man crying out, come help us come to Macedonia. Paul recognized the open door and began to move forward. See, when Paul encountered the closed doors at Galatia, he didn't give up. 
He didn't return to Antioch. He didn't whine. He didn't complain. Again, that's the worst thing that we could ever do is is curl up in our little corner and say, "I, I can't go any further. Life is over. We've got to keep moving forward. Have you ever been excited about an opportunity and suddenly found out that door closed? Yeah, that's, that's where we were. We got news that that other church didn't work out. It took me, it set me back for a moment. Because I thought, God, I thought for sure this was you. God, I thought for sure this is what you had in store. See, the worst thing that we can do is camp out at that closed door. I could have sat there and I could have sulked. I could have processed over all the reasons. But ultimately, God had a better plan. God knew that we needed to be in Sedalia. I'd never been to Sedalia. I'd never been to the state fair. I still don't go to the state fair. I'd never been to this side of the state, really. Time or two went to Kansas City, but we always went to St. Louis. We were on that side of the state. kind of a Macedonia. This was God saying, here's the door. But you say, well, pastor, then what do we do about where the Bible says, wait upon the Lord. Those that wait upon the Lord, they'll renew their strength. Waiting is not a passive experience. What do you call the person that serves you at the restaurants? A waiter. I have never seen a good waiter You walk in the door and they just stand there. Well, when they're ready to order, they'll come find me. If they want to refill their Dr. Pepper, they'll come find me. I don't know what to do. I'm just just, just waiting. I'm the waiter. We chuckle, but isn't that what we do? We're the waiter... But yet, there's got to be action and forward motion. Oftentimes, God gives us words such as go, or do, or be. These are action words. We must move forward. It's easier for God to direct a person that's already in motion serving Him. Let me put it this way. A boat sitting still in the water can't be turned by its rudder. Okay, picture this. You've got a large boat. It's sitting still in the water. The rudder is turning. Is that boat turning? No. Why? Because the vessel is dead in the water. It has to have forward motion in order for the rudder to move it in a new direction. The same thing goes for our lives. Too often, we'll sit dead in the water... And God's saying, I'm trying to turn you, but there's no motion. I'm trying to steer you, but you're not putting forth the efforts. If you're active in serving God, if you're active in listening to Him, if you're active in moving forward with what He's already given you, it's so much easier for God to turn the rudder in your life. That's what happened with Paul. He's moving one direction. God says no, so he turns. God says no, he turns, and he goes a new direction. 
But it's so much easier for God to redirect us when we're already moving forward. But if you're like me, you want all the details first. Give me the entire instruction manual. In other words, God, open up every single door. Lord, let me know what's about to take place. Let me know the plan. Let me know the process ahead of time. But here's what I've discovered about God. Most likely, God may not open every door at once. He may not open every door at once. And you know what? That's okay. Because most of us can't handle every door open at once. It would be way too overwhelming for us. See, when God first called Paul to take the good news to the Gentiles, he didn't give him all the details. He didn't say, Paul, I want you to go to Philippi, then I want you to go to Athens, then I want you to go to Corinth. No, God just said, go. Don't go there. Don't go there. Okay, go. Now go here. He didn't give him the entire plan. But most of us want God to show us the complete picture all at once. As nice as we think that would be, I don't believe that would be the best. We want God to say, well, here's the plan. I want you to go here for college. I want you to take these classes. During your junior year, you're going to meet this girl. You're going to get married here once you graduate. Did you catch that? Once you graduate. And this is where you're going to work, and this is what you're going to do, and this is how you're going to retire, and this is the date you're going to die, and then they're going to bury you here, and that's the plan for your life. That's not how life works, folks. See, following God isn't about the destination, it's about the journey. It's about the journey. God, I'm going to trust you every step. Because, Lord, I know that you're the one that plans. Lord, I know that you're the one that's concerned about the details. God, I know the one, you're the one that knows what door needs to open and what door needs to close. So, God, I'm not going to sulk over this situation. God, I'm not going to become overwhelmed by that situation. But, God, I'm going to trust you every step of the way because you're the one that ordains my steps. So I ask you today, Will you trust God in the journey? Will you rely upon Him? Will you depend upon Him even when it seems like every door around you is closing? Will you commit today to follow His steps?